0: everyone to RB1 colon a very disappointed podcast part of the fake news podcast channel I am the consummate professional lover of Nikhil Harry and say Christian McCaffrey would go a thousand a thousand before it was cool your humble host Pete Rogers and I am joined by only one guy tonight it is the man formerly known as Steve Timberland caster of the double reverse chutzpah and praying for an Astros win tonight resident old man Clark Barnes Clark how you doing doing great Pete yeah, you are you watching at all the World Series right now?
1: Uh, so, a lot of you fans can understand this. I watched the first two games and the Astros lost. I then accidentally mm. missed the third game and they won. So I've been unable to watch That's while fair. they were on their winning streak. Of course, with the loss last night, that streak has been broken. So I will be tuning in to watch Game Seven. From the Astros. Uh, hopefully win the world series. Hopefully win the world series.
0: Okay, um, yeah.
1: It's yeah Also freezing, and I have a fire going. So if you see me run out of the room quickly, uh, just to check to make sure the place isn't,
0: isn't burning down. Yeah, cool. cool we
1: don't cool, cool. we don't do fires here. Uh, we don't do cold weather here. Uh, I got really cold, and I only have like two sweaters, and, and they're both Christmas sweaters. And... <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: so I wore a christmas sweater to work today. Nice. Nice. And did and did you get many compliments where people kind of confused oh, yeah. since Halloween is the actually the holiday that's tomorrow yeah. and everyone was like is this your halloween costume?
1: No, it's a it's a sweet sweater. It's a shark tangled up in christmas lights.
0: Oh, very nice. Do you have halloween plans for tomorrow?
1: <sighs> so I've got my Walter Sobchak costume, but it's Classic. really cold and that requires and, shorts. And so. so you're
0: quickly figuring out if Walter Sobchak ever wore a ski suit or I'm on the, s- yeah. snow clothes. I'm on the fence. We'll
1: see what the weather's like tomorrow.
0: So. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I have big Halloween plans too, Clark, if you wanted to. what What's the big <laughs> haps for Halloween, Pete? Uh Bex and I are throwing our first party here social gathering in ann arbor so we're having some of her law school smart lawyerly friends over uh, and we got all i got all the supplies today. went candy shopping which you know those huge bags of candy that like cvs has or target has where it's like 180 pieces yeah i don't I i would love to be the guy who helps decide what the mixtures of candies are because Every single bag seems to have like two or three of the candies that you're like, yes, perfect. This is exactly what I want in 180 pieces of. And then they include like one other, you know, other candy. And you're like, God damn it. Like, that's just not what I want right now. Like we got a bag of peanut M&Ms, Twix, and Snickers. And then they gave us a Milky Way with it too. And you're like, I don't want Milky Ways. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best, but that's like the variety pack of beer. It's like,
1: we need to move Mm. These beers that nobody's drinking, so we need to hide them in with this good stuff.
0: That's smart. Uh, That's
1: Milky Way is the worst one you got. I mean, that's okay. Like it's not the best, but it's not like, you know, a pack of Twizzlers or something.
0: God, God. There was one there was one really good one that was Heath Bar Crunch, which I love. I love Heath Bar. Reese's PC peanut butter cups, which are also delicious. Reese's and and Hershey bars, and then with Twizzlers. And I was like, oh God, that's that's everything about that is great, except for the mother effing Twizzlers, yeah. I Don't want that shit. It's Twizzlers are life out there. It is. It is. Um, but both Becca and I were dressing up. She is dressing up as. Um, oh, now I'm forgetting her name. The woman from Inglorious Bastards, Shoshana. She's Good the one movie. who who she's the one who burns down the movie theater. And then I'm I'm Brad Pitt with his fake Italian accent. Solid B plus. Ooh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll at some point in the future of this podcast, get into our top Tarantino films since we did a top Tom Cruise movies. I feel like it's only a natural progression. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, <laughs> let's get into week nine starts and sits and we're going to spice things up this week. Uh, normally, we obviously go game by game uh, and talk starts and sits. But instead, this week, we are going to each give four starts and four sits that we like this week. And. Since it will be Halloween while you're listening to this, we're going to, give, we're going to make them spooky, scary plays this week. Guys who you're scared to sit or start, but we'll tell you why. You should have faith in that decision. Uh, Clark, we'll start with you. Where are, we, where are we beginning this epic, spooky,
1: scary
0: adventure?
1: So we're going to start with someone who's a natural, big, uh, boom-bust guy and for a team that's had a bit of a rough go lately. And so I'm going to say one of my scary starts is Robbie Anderson. The Jets have had a real tough time of late, and uh, especially anytime the Patriots are uh, anywhere near your rearview mirror, it looks like you're not a very good team. Uh, But the Jets are going to be facing the Dolphins this weekend. I think the Jets bounce back after all of the trade deadline nonsense. Sam Darnold's still really good. Robbie Anderson's still really good. And the Dolphins are terrible. So I think Robbie Anderson gives you one of those big weeks that we were all hoping for that like 100 plus in a touch type of weeks. Like I think he's a wide receiver 10 to 15 this week.
0: Yeah, I I, my first my first start for this week is Le'Veon Bell against the Dolphins, which isn't necessarily a spooky, scary start because you're like, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. But in the same reason that Robbie Anderson, I think, has a little extra chutzpah this week Le'Veon Bell it's a revenge game not against the Dolphins but against their own team because one of the trade rumors that passed around at the deadline was that the Jets were basically shopping everyone on their team not named Sam Darnold so I mean Le'Veon Bell's name was explicitly mentioned and they had been shipping uh, shopping around Robbie Anderson for like the last three weeks leading up to the trade deadline and so I'm certain that uh that both those players are going to be like you know what hey jets front office fuck you we can still play we are going to be productive players we're going to show you just how good and how dominant we can be love it are you do you you have to go go and look
1: and make sure i'm not burning down my house go check down the fire go check the fire
0: one eternity later
1: okay i i think we're good (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm gonna have to do that a couple times but
0: (laughs) sounds good um Yeah, no. So I like both those guys. I like Robbie Anderson and I like Lev Bell, especially since like you said, the Dolphins are surrendering the third most points and second most rushing yards to running back. So, you know, Lev Bell is going to eat and Robbie Anderson, the Dolphins, the Dolphins did an all out (laughs) cover zero blitz on, on third and like 25 against the Steelers and then forgot to cover a slant, which they took for a touchdown. So, you know, the Dolphins are also good to give up the big pass play. What's your next play?
1: Uh, so the next one, I said you should do this last week and I was wrong, but I'm going to double down. <laughs> uh, Kenny Stills is a featured piece in the Texans offense. He was targeted uh, you know, five or six times last week and just uh, kind of had some unfortunate circumstances leading to his worst week. He's getting five or six targets a game when he plays the whole game. And that hasn't been very often. Uh, Watson's still looking deep, even though they're bringing in a lot of good short plays with their tight ends who are making it real spicy in the fantasy community. Uh, but I think Kenny stills has a great week this week. And so, yeah, I think he's wide receiver, you know, 15 to 20. It's going to get you that long touchdown. Finally.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I will be honest. I had him last week. Started him was very disappointed. And in fact, just dropped him in one of my leagues for, (laughs) let me see who I added instead. Oh, I did it because, uh, A.J. Green came off of IR, so I had to free up a roster spot for him. Okay, well, I feel Which, like
1: that's a good move.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I've, I'm still not sure that A.J. Green is going to give us any fantasy-relevant perform, fantasy performance this year, but I've invested this much into him. But, yes, I, I mean, we, we talked all about Kenny Stills on last week's pod, and, and everyone knows, like, the same, the same level of production that Will Fuller put forward in the Texans' offense, Kenny Stills can replicate that. He has that downfield speed. Love it. What's one of your guys, Pete? <laughs> Actually, talking about that same game, Clark. We uh, on the other side, though. Chris Conley versus the Texans. This game's going to be a shootout, right? I mean, we can confirm that with both the Jaguars and the Houston and the Texans. They're both their secondaries are giving up uh, big plays on the regular, and so I am fully on board with this game being a big old shootout. Uh, and there's going to be plenty to eat. We just talked about Kenny Stills. And so if you look at Conley's last two games, he's had seven catches for 186 yards and a touchdown. Um, so I think he's, again, you ride him again this week. The Texans are giving up the most points to wide receivers, but I trust him this week. I trust him to be a solid flex wide receiver three option.
1: I like it. And it's a London game. So you, you know, never know what the fuck happens in a London never- game. Never quite know how it's going to work out. Uh, you know, Watt is injured, obviously. That's going to hurt the Texans' pass rush. Uh, and the Texans' secondary was already leaky. So uh, I like Chark, and he's the man. But I think that there's going to be plenty for uh, somebody else in the Jaguars' passing game. So,
0: Right, especially with, D.D. Scary, right. especially with D.D. Westbrook getting banged up. And I don't know if he's going to play, uh, but it seems like he's not slated to. Or if he is, he's still going to be recovering from a shoulder injury, which immediately bumps uh, Conley into that, uh, number two receiver role. Yeah, dig it! Thanks.
1: Don't forget to set your lineups early with the Texans and Jaguars That's, playing in, uh,
0: and good, inbound. good, helpful yeah. plug there, Clark. Well done. Well done. Uh, what's another start you're given for this week. So this is a real scary one. Uh, if you're desperate at running back,
1: I think Mark Walton finally gets off, uh, finally gets off the launch pad this week. Uh, I know that it hasn't been good and the Dolphins have been struggling, uh, but the Jets have also been struggling. So I think that this may be one of those games where both offenses look a little bit better than they should. Uh, The Jets have traded away a major piece on their defensive line. And uh, while I do believe in their offense, I do not believe in the defense. So I think Mark Mark Walton can fill in for you. You've probably spent some fab to get him. So this is probably the, one game that you're going to use him and like him. I've got him as like a running
0: back 20, 26 type. I also feel like the Dolphins, (laughs) the Dolphins offense, since they are obviously fully committed to this tank, I feel like their passing game sometimes gets too good. And they start like they they actually put up points, and they're like, "Oh shit, dial it back, dial it back." Fitzpatrick, stop playing so well. And so they could just be like, you know, we're going to give Mark Walton forty touches, and he's going to get eighty yards on those forty touches, and we're just going to run the game clock out so that we actually really can't get any offense going and actually can't score any points, uh, as opposed to being (laughs) allowing the passing game to at all, you know, put up any kind of big games in order to uh, uh, to. Prevent them from losing their number one slot. There have been some very nice segues to start this show already uh, because we've been talking about the same games. Now we're talking about the same first names. Mark Walton is your guy. I'm going Mark Ingram, who is a scary start against the Patriots because we all know this defense is terrifying. But if you're looking for a weakness, it is their ability to stop the run. That often the Patriots, this has been a, a Belichick thing for a while now. Uh, but we've seen it show up a couple of times this year where it's like, Hey, we'll let you run the football because that drains time off the clock. And because we want to keep the ball away from, you know, especially if you can give up explosive pass plays, right. We're going to let you kind of run the ball so that you kind of do that. Uh, last week, Chubb had 131 yards on the ground. Yes. He had two fumbles, but still gave up Patriots, gave up 131 yards to him. Bell had 70 yards on the ground in week seven. And we saw Frank Gorko go over a hundred uh, for, for the bills in week four, I think again, the Patriots are going to be hell bent on stopping Lamar Jackson and stopping what he can do in the run game and being like, you know what? We are always going to cover Lamar and any kind of, you know, zone read any kind of handoff who's keeping it. It's always going to be Lamar prevent Lamar and just let Mark Ingram get you know 30 carries for a hundred yards like that's just that's i think they will be fine with that so i think mark ingram even though it's the patriots defense that scares you i think he is a safe start
1: this week yeah i would i would start him for sure and i have uh some more comments for that game probably later in the later in the segment
0: Ooh, saucy i've got i've got two oh yeah i got more good targets to talk about in that game too oh hot diggity uh what's another start for you uh, so so this one's going to be scary, uh, and this is for
1: folks that need a little help at QB, but start Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Uh, his high-water mark in yardage this year has been 296 yards against the Bengals in Week 2. He's been held under 200 yards in half of his games. That's four out of eight for you math fans. Uh, and, and that's all going to change this week as the Niners face the Cardinals. They're giving up the third most- points to opposing QBs and some rather mediocre QBs have looked good and good quarterbacks have looked amazing against this porous Cardinals defense. So I think the Niners show off their new toy and Emmanuel Sanders, who we called having a good game last week. You nailed that. Well done, and, sir. And uh, George Kittle is going to eat again this week. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good uh, bi-week fill in start.
0: Yeah. 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 Do you have, what are some quarterback names that you would feel confident in starting him over? Uh, He's five to ten for me, so let me pull up the old uh, saucy. Because there are certainly some QBs out there who are big name guys who are not having the greatest matchups this week, and so I'm curious to see. Like, I mean, for instance, we talked about the Patriots and the Ravens, Lamar going up against the number one defense against quarterbacks, so he's a little scary. I mean, I would I would definitely get him in
1: over Cousins, despite the Vikings
0: playing the Chiefs.
1: I think uh, I would get him in over. Derek Carr, even though he's facing the Lions, I don't think I want any piece of Jameis Winston going up against the Seahawks. Uh, Dak, I, I would play him over Dak facing the Giants, who wow. Dak has started yeah. hot and then had you a know, pretty mediocre season after that. Um, yeah, that's like just it. a few that jump off the page at me.
0: Yeah, I like it, because I think those are all names that people would unquestionably have as their starting QB, and you can be like, you know what? Might be scary. You might feel a little spooked, but Jimmy G is going to ultimately help you. Him and that dashing smile. Woo! Holy cow! Okay, let me tell you a quick story. I saw Chandler Jones, uh, the defensive end for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, because they're playing this week. Tweeted out a video of him like shopping at a market and like walking up on Jimmy G. Presumably, this is back when they both played for the Patriots. Uh, and he walks up behind Jimmy G and he's like, excuse me, can I take a picture with you? And Jimmy turns around and is startled and you know, he's like, Oh, Oh, it's you. It's you. It's you. And then he smiles like directly into the camera. And I swear to God, my pants immediately just melted off my body. That man's smile is mesmerizing. And so I think that if you have any opportunity to put someone that handsome as your starting quarterback for your fantasy team, you jump at the opportunity. Couldn't agree more. Perfect. (laughs) my final spooky start for this week for this hallows eve uh this is going to be super scary for anyone who just was spurned by the lions backfield but i think you go back to ty johnson and you stat him versus the raiders their run defense has been good they've been allowing the eighth fewest rushing yards to running backs however the last two weeks they've given up the fourth most passing yards and most passing touchdowns two running backs. And I think that is going to be a a, a flaw that Matt Patricia and the Lions offense will exploit, especially as this offense becomes a little more pass happy and realizes that, oh, hey, Matt Stafford is actually a really good quarterback. And like the Lions teams of the past, we should allow him to throw the football. And everyone's freaking out about Trey Carson, who did out carry Johnson, but Ty Johnson still uh, led the backfield in targets last week. He still saw four to Trey I don't think even got a target and then JD McKissick who is going to be my super scary start but I was like oh that's a little too scary uh, <laughs> JD McKissick saw three targets and caught three balls and so I think I just think that there's still a fantasy role for Ty Johnson in this offense what we saw when he first replaced Kenyon, John, uh, Kenyon Johnson was not a fluke and I think that he's going to be involved in a passing game that could be uh, that could have a really good matchup against an Oakland's Oakland run defense that has been struggling to prevent uh, backfield receptions. It's scary though. Your face is telling me that you're muted. I I was just blown away.
1: Uh, (laughs) My mouth started moving, but no words came out. Uh, That one is scary, but the segment is scary starts. And I do think the Lions offense is uh, becoming a little bit more prolific as the season goes on. And you just want running backs in the prolific offenses. So you went out there and spent all that fab money for him. Uh, put your money where your mouth is and, and throw them in there.
0: Like yeah, it. and that's the that's the other thing too. Whereas I feel like, it, while if you are if you are someone who spent a, a large amount of their fab to get Ty Johnson, right, and you started him last week and he spurned you, you're going to feel like even worse <laughs> if you bench him this week and then he goes off to have a big week. You're going to be like, what the actual hell? How can this not work for me? And so to prevent that, to prevent that double spurn you you say okay you know what maybe maybe it was a fluke but i'm going to give it two weeks this is a this is a matchup that favors him presumably and i'm going to give him the two weeks i spent all this fab to get him let's see what he can do for a two-week period and if he can't do anything all right well then that was a mistake you dump him and and you move on but if he does do something at least this way he doesn't do it on your bench all right before we get to our starts then our spooky starts for week nine hopefully spooky shit (laughs) (laughs) like i'm out you're like oh nope i i did those four that's what you said uh anyways yes before we get to our spooky sits for week nine uh we're gonna take a quick ad break get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady Clark uh, made sure to check his fire to make sure that the house was not burned down. Yeah, and while we're on the topic, winter is
1: approaching. (laughs) Winter can be a dangerous time. Make sure when you have a fire going in your house that you pay attention to it. Close the little curtain thing. Make sure that your flue is open. Make sure that you don't have a lot of paper or plastic stuff hanging around your fireworks. And most of all, don't let your kids play in the fireplace. This PSA brought to you by faketeams.com because Fake Teams cares. About real danger.
0: Oh, that was amazing. Uh, actually, let me tell you a fireplace story. When we were kids, yeah. <laughs> my uh, so my grandparents' house in the living room, they have an old fireplace, and it's a a brick. What's the thing that's like in front of the fireplace? The bricks. Stool? Stoop? I don't know what it's Not called. I know the top is the mantle, but I don't right, actually like, know like what you the, call it. A... It's like the, the grantle because it's on the ground. Sure. <laughs> right. Nailed that. Nailed that fake word. Anyways, so my brother and I were playing this game. This is when we were young. We were playing this game because it's a great game where you take a inflatable bouncy ball. That's like, it was like, you know, maybe... I don't know. I, I realize that I'm like holding it with my hands, but you can't see my hands because this is an audio medium. I don't know. Maybe like a like six inches. I don't know. It was like a ball, small bouncy ball, but big enough that you could stand on. And so what we would do is we would play. You'd stand on it and you would try to balance. So we did that. And then he fell off of it and cracked the back of his head on the corner of the brick uh grantle. Yeah. And it was. I thought it was hilarious. Well, not hilarious, but I did not quite see the the uh, the terror that my parents had when they, like, ran <laughs> their fingers through his hair and they came out all bloody. Yeah. It was an exciting moment to be alive. That's
1: why people put little pool floaties around all of the sharp edges. And before you get upset about people being soft, just keep in mind that, no, they do that because, you know,
0: we you don't want our kids to die. Yeah. 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 My, uh, my grandparents were like, nah, eh, what doesn't, what hurts them makes them stronger or what doesn't kill them, make them stronger. Whatever the phrase is,
1: <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, they sent a bill to your brother to fix the thing. <laughs> that was really, <laughs> they're like, uh, really the fireplace
0: actually has some of your blood now. We right. would like it to be cleaned and we'd like you to comp us it's for the biohazard and yeah. all kinds of fancy that's, chemicals. That's fair. That's understandable. Um, Okay, I've got two sits from the Patriots-Ravens game, one from each team, and I'm going to start with probably the scariest one of the two, and that is Mark Andrews. And I know you just don't want to sit him and that you likely don't have a backup tight end to sit for him, but I just I don't think you can do this. It's the best defense against tight ends. They've only allowed one touchdown, and that was last week to, uh, what was his name? He was in one-on-one coverage with Dante Hightower. It wasn't David Njoku because he's injured, whatever. And it wasn't Ricky Seals-Jones. So it was the third tight end in Cleveland. But the Patriots love to take away – I think what they're going to do is they're going to take away Lamar's safety blanket, who is Mark Andrews, and say, hey, Lamar, you want to beat us? You're going to beat us with A, either handing the ball off to Mark Ingram or B, throwing to Miles Boykin. And there you go. That's it. <laughs> That's your day. Or Hollywood Brown if he plays. Um, and so I think they're going to take away Mark Andrews and force Lamar to throw it to his wide receiver, something that he doesn't really love to do uh, or hasn't shown a proclivity for doing so far this year. Yes, I said proclivity. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, and so it's a scary sit, but there are some tight ends out there that you can probably still grab. Darren Fells, for instance. Have we talked about him on this podcast before, Clark? or voice. Monster's we tried voice. to warn you. We tried to tell you. Uh, But he could be a good spot, Phil, but it's scary. But I personally, he's on my team and I am sitting Mark Andrews this week. That's bold.
1: Uh, And it it dovetails nicely into one of my scary sits. And uh, we try to support each other on this podcast, but sometimes we just disagree. Uh, I think a scary sit this weekend is the Patriots defense. I understand that the Patriots try to take away what you're good at, but the Ravens offense does not allow you to do that. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a good enough passer to make you pay for stacking the bucks and spying him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a good enough athlete to make you pay for dropping back in playing zone. You know, the, it, it's a popular story. I'm not the first one to say it is that the Patriots haven't faced a whole lot of challenges this year. And the Ravens always play the Patriots tough. So I just don't think that they're going to be fantastic this week. And there's a couple of really good plug and plays like the Browns against the Broncos. And the Browns are probably eligible. No one knows who's playing quarterback. For the Broncos, I think they didn't have someone on their, like an eligible quarterback on the roster earlier this week. Uh, so, so one of my scary starts this week, is uh, scary sits, is the Patriots. I think you look somewhere else, uh, even though they are the number one defense in football and in fantasy.
0: Yeah, no, I don't hate that at all. Because the thing is, too, that defense is such a fickle fantasy producer, I guess, that... It's not even, but it's just eventually this is going to stop happening for the Patriots, right? Like eventually a team is going to start scoring on them. Eventually there is going to be a 27, 21 game that the Patriots will play in. And you're right. The Ravens, just have a history of always playing the Patriots tough and it's Sunday night football. This is going to feel like a playoff game and it's going, and the Patriots defense while still being terrific can have lapses. And this is a game that they could seriously have a lapse in. And even if they don't have a lapse, even if they give up like 17 points, right. And don't get the four turnovers, the one touchdown that they've had, you know, and the block punt that they've been having consistently throughout the year like that's still that's a fine defensive performance but it's not what you're expecting what we've come to expect from this Patriots defense in fantasy and you're right that there are other defensive matchups out there who are readily available who you could easily stream for a better matchup and and take a take a gamble on i don't hate it
1: yeah and the eagles who can't stop anybody's passing game are playing the bears yeah. so that's another, you know, if your waiver wire is thin at defense for some reason, uh, the <laughs> Eagles are probably available. You know, those leagues where you start 10 defenses, you know, you know, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you play in leagues where people like to have two defenses and it's bye weeks, maybe somebody's holding on to someone. Like, there could be 16 defenses taken in a 12 team league,
0: yeah. So, what is, what is your feeling on that? Because, uh, because there are lots of people who have like who have two. I've never seen 3, I will say, but like two defenses and like two or three tight ends. And in my mind it's just like that's just wasted roster space. Have one defense, have one tight end. You can stream for that one week that that person's on a bye or that team's on a bye.
1: So, uh I rostered a second defense to keep San Francisco when they were oh, on bye. Well, And I don't yes, mind. That's smart. I don't mind doing things like that and as, the, as we close in at the end of the year, in about two or three weeks, I'm going to start looking at playoff schedule, and I want to go ahead and grab another defense if I see a good complementary defense for who I have. So that's about the only time that I'll roster two defenses. Um, th- th- three tight ends means you don't have one tight end, right? So, mm-hmm. so why are you doing that? I can understand having two if you have two kind of just a guy type guys. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'd rather be taking shots at like, I'd rather just pick up Benny Snell. And just see if James Conner gets hurt. Then, yeah. yeah, you know, roster a guy like I used to say, like Austin Hooper, <laughs> but uh,
0: he's he's good now. But apparently. he, so. but he is the best tight end in football right yeah. now. So, you but yeah, use uh, those roster spots on something else. Yeah, um, uh, you alluded to the Broncos versus the Bear, uh, the Browns this week, and one of my spooky, scary sits is Cortland Sutton versus the Browns, and that's just because, like you said, Joe Flacco is on IR and they are currently starting Brandon (laughs) Allen. Who's not even, he's like their third string undrafted quarterback. The Browns now have a fully healthy secondary greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. They both played against the Patriots. Denzel Ward played really well. Greedy Williams was picked on a little bit, um, but I think that they're, they're their two best corners. They're going to get better as they get further away from injury. And it's just like, how much do we trust this Brandon Allen kid to come in and do anything? Um, And so sadly, it's I know it's it's kind of letting down my Cortland Sutton fan club. But I think that this week I don't expect Cortland Sutton to put up the numbers, the consistent numbers that we've been seeing him do all year.
1: Yeah, I like it. This is kind of a this is a situation that comes up in fantasy a lot is you like a player and you like his, you know, his situation's okay, And Mm -hmm. then the situation changes drastically. And these borderline guys like Cortland Sutton, who were viable starts and showed us that they had enough talent to play with a quarterback who had enough talent to be considered one of the like 15 or 20 best quarterbacks in the league. That's, that's not the case anymore. So someone who, you know, like Julio Jones did okay with Matt Schaub, but boy, that's tough to do. Yeah, and I, You know, I don't think that Cortland Sutton's at that level yet. And I know that you don't want to let down the fan club, but I do think that this is a, a proper sit. Uh, another one I'm struggling with and isn't part of the segment is, you know, Royce Freeman may get, all of the workload this week, but are the Broncos going to have enough to make that anything other than like 20 carries for 65 yards and no score? Mm-hmm. Those games are just really hard to get away from, even though the Browns aren't, aren't looking so hot quarterback's right super important. Yeah. <laughs> and- It's hard to bet on a quarterback we've never seen of and who's not, like, the the waiting-in-the-wings quarterback. Right, right,
0: right. It would be different if it was, like, Drew Locke, even though Drew Locke did not have a great preseason. Right, at least he was drafted highly, you know, like... Right, at least there was, like, a plan for him. But I don't know. And we'll see. Maybe Brandon Allen comes out and and lights the world on fire. But are you risking a starting spot for that 3% chance to happen? Yeah, I like it. Uh, Another scary sit for you this week.
1: Yeah, and we can stick with kind of the bad... QB play and talented wide receiver. Uh, this one may not be super scary. You might've been doing this already, but Alan Robinson, uh, even against the horrible Eagles secondary, I, Trubisky is just weighing down this entire offense and the Eagles are really good at stopping the run. So I don't think that that is going to translate into, so the bears were forced to pass. So Alan Robinson had a good game. I just, uh, Allen Robinson, incredibly talented. The Eagles secondary is horrible. I know that this is odd, but I just, I'm a scary sit this week as Allen Robinson. I'm going to try to look elsewhere if I can. I think he finishes like outside the top 24 wide receivers. I don't think he's absolute garbage, but I don't think he's a starter for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I like Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson. And I think that against a a shitty Eagles secondary when he's basically the only viable receiver there, he could just see a, a ton of targets. But you're also right. Like, it's again, it's, it's putting faith into this coaching staff. And it's like, how much faith do you actually have? I, I think that I would see, I think Alan Robinson finishes, you said he's going to be outside of the 20, top 25. Yeah. See, I think he, I think he finishes probably around the 18 to 20 range. Um, just because I, I don't think that this offense moves outside of, cause I don't think David Montgomery is going to have a great game against a stout Eagles Uh, run defense. So I think that this offense is basically going to have to move through Allen Robinson. So he'll, he'll get production just because of the fact that he's getting force fed. But what I, what I completely agree with you on is the fact that the Eagles are a secondary that everyone has been like, Oh, any receiver, any number one receiver who goes up against this team, they're going to produce. And I don't think Allen Robinson is going to produce.
1: Your runner's on first and second, your catcher up, and he pops up his bunt into foul territory. What do you, how, I what don't a like,
0: You're a professional player. Learn how to bunt. This, like, this is like the same thing with, with big men not being able to shoot free throws.
1: That's at least difficult. But bunting but sure, is but, something you learn when you're like eight. It's like <laughs> the one thing you can do.
0: Right. I, Sorry. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. Baseball will be over after this, guys. Don't worry. And then and then, and then you'll never have to worry about it again. Okay. Uh, I alluded to another sit from the Patriots-Ravens. I, this game, I guess I somehow have found the most plays from. But I'm also it's sitting. An, it's an it's interesting a, game. It's an interesting game. It's got everything you want. It's got intrigue. It's got sex appeal. It's Sunday Night Football. Uh, I'm going to sit James white too. That's my other scary sit for this game. Uh, the Ravens are allowing the fourth fewest catches and fifth fewest receiving yards to running backs and James white's last week performance. He's been one of the most consistent players in in PPR leagues. Uh, but last week's performance would have been by far his worst if he hadn't busted off that big, I think it was like a 60 yard screen pass. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of held in check. Uh, this week, given just what the Ravens defense has done up until this point against running backs and uh, and again, scary sit,
1: yeah, like it. I mean the you're gonna be right saying you should sit this leading Patriots running back several times a year uh, <laughs> and and why not do it against the Ravens, who uh, you know they lost a lot of pieces on defense, but they're just always solid. and again, they uh, Harbaugh does the Belichick in taking away what you're good at, of course, the Patriots are good at lots of stuff, so. I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to shut down the run game and make old Tim Brady uh, beat him through the air.
0: We'll see. Which is something that That's we tough. haven't really seen the Patriots offense do up until this point, and it's something that the Ravens defense has struggled with. And so, like, it makes sense that that would be the avenue that the Patriots would try to attack. It's just that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and they're like, Julian Edelman, you know, Muhammad Sanu, I guess uh philip dorsett yay yeah, yeah there you go philip dorsett i, was I have to say, start him so. Jacoby myers no but i think that i think that that receiving core could have a big game and i just given the ravens defense ability against running backs explicitly in the uh passing game which is only where james white operates like you can't expect him to have any real fantasy viable shit in the uh, in the run game do you almost almost have a homer? I have no. I'm idea totally not watching the baseball game. More <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Even well, then, then let's wrap it up, it. Clark. We've yeah. got one more sit and I believe we have the same guy as our scary sit. I have two. I'm oh. saying you should sit Stefan Diggs
1: of the Vikings um, in, in case you're new to football. I don't know why I said that. Uh, <laughs> so I know the Vikings are going up against the Chiefs, but I think the Vikings want to run the ball and they're going to be able to run the ball against the Chiefs all day. Uh, So if you've been starting Alexander Madison as like your flex and third running back in weird deep leagues of which one I'm in, you've been happy with that. And I think you're going to be happy with it again. Uh, There's just, I don't really, the the chiefs have been horrible against teams that are not great against running the ball. So I think they're just going to get pounded by the Vikings. So uh, Stefan Diggs is really good, but I just don't think that they need him this game.
0: I think this is a get get away from him. I think this is a game you fire up Alexander Madison too. He might be, he's another, maybe a scary start because you're like, oh, is he going to actually get me? Is he going to actually return enough to be worth a start? But what you said is totally right. The Chiefs run defense is terrible. And we just saw both Jamal Williams and, and Aaron Jones eat and feast against them. And I think you could see similar kind of level production from two backs in Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Yep. Okay, now is the guy who I think we both have as a scary sit, and it's applicable because the name is Scary Terry. Uh, Against the Bills, we know this Bills defense is not something you really want to mess with, and while I put a lot of faith into that, I put less faith. More of the reason for my pick here is I have no faith in any quarterback in Washington. We saw Scary Terry get open a couple times against the Vikings last week and just get wildly overthrown by Case Keenum. So I have no faith that even if Scary Terry can get open against this Bills defense that they, he has the quarterbacks to actually get him the football.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Terry McLaurin is really good, just like what we talked about with Cortland Sutton. Uh, but being being really good and all by yourself is tough when you're not at that elite level. And McLaurin has shown that he does well in, in good matchups and that he's going to be limited by his poor offense in, uh, against good teams. And this Bill's team is, is fairly solid on defense. I don't think that that's, you know, going out on too much of a limb. And I think they're going to look great against the Washington team. Um, and so it's, it's hard and I'm keeping him and I'm, I'm looking to start him, you know, in in several weeks moving forward. But if I can get away from him, you know, I think again, he gives us kind of that like 40 to 60 yard line and, you know, Washington might not score again. So I'm just trying to get away from it if I can.
0: Yep. Nope. I totally agree, and I totally buy into that. Uh, I want to respect your time, Clark, because I know you got a game, an important game on the line. Do you have time? Should we call the Oracle with a very important fantasy question, or are you like, you know what? i got to get to my strows. Sure, let, let's, give him a, let's give him a ring. Get right. Him or her. I don't know. Him or
1: her. I don't want to bias the conversation. It's, it's my mother again. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> we got to get the Oracle <sighs> back on the line. Right. I was a little disappointed. I was hoping for the thicker accent, I have to be honest. But yeah. that's not her fault. That's just no. bad expectations on my part. I know.
0: Well, she's not actually from Boston. We just grew up there. She grew up in St. Louis. She's a good Midwesterner.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Well, hey, yeah. good for her. I knew there was
0: something I liked about you. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It's that Midwesterner coursing through my blood. Raised uh, by good folks. Huh? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. So, we're going to give the Oracle a call. Since we are talking scary starts and sits, we are going to call the Oracle with possibly... Uh, one of the scariest things that people are currently dealing with, which is which Chargers running back is the Chargers running back to pay attention to this week in fantasy. Is it Austin Eckler or is it Melvin Gordon? Mm, we might this this is one. live
1: radio, folks. Yeah, she we may might be, not be like, the oh, the it's Pete. Pete. We're having wine. I'm not answering the phone.
0: We might not have the Oracle tonight. Hey, uh, is mom around? No, I'm not going to let you talk to her because you called her instead of me. Well, yeah, because I need her as the Oracle. Let's substitute the Oracle. Okay, here is the Oracle. All right, the Oracle. (laughs) All right, right, you ready, Oracle? I'm ready. Okay, so we're going to change it up on you a little bit. Instead of giving you a player and you tell us whether or not they should be start or sit, Uh -uh. we're going to tell you two players on the same team, and you're going to tell us which one of them you should start. Really, hey, You're batting 100 so far. So you're doing right. great. You're doing great. Okay. All right. So now I'm down to 50 50 here. You're <laughs> down to 50 50. You can only go so wrong. All right. Who should who should fantasy owners start? Austin Eckler or Melvin Gordon versus the Green Bay Packers? When would the game be? <laughs> the game is Sunday day, I believe. And which one's younger? Which what, what, How old are they both? Oh, that's a good question. I think Melvin Gordon. I think one's about 24 four and the other one's like 27 yeah let me quickly do austin eckler's age because i think austin eckler is the older one yeah so austin eckler is the younger one <laughs> and how old the older one 26 so not that oh, old. okay so that doesn't help me out i was gonna say if one of them had little kids halloween this week they might be distracted from training <laughs> she <laughs> well, is covering all the angles yeah the oracle the oracle looks at everything not just fantasy pl- football <laughs> matchups but at home what is her <laughs> home life, life? I, I, you know I, I have a very holistic approach yeah that's good uh, that's good that's, that's why we turn to you on these difficult questions i would say the guy who's just getting back into it because she's probably on the up and so the guy sounds like he's in the slump on the way down all right mm-hmm. so melvin gordon all
1: right melvin gordon go now.
0: All right, there you yeah. go. Go, Mel. <laughs> Thank you, Oracle. You're welcome. Good night. Thanks, Pete, you know Tom.
1: That.
0: All right. So there well, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. If you Melvin Gordon, bounce back. Melvin Gordon, bounce back. If you're having a debate as to which Chargers uh, often running back to start, the Oracle has spoken.
1: And I would like to say, if you decide to take the Oracle's advice and she turns out to be wrong, don't. Light her up on social media. She's out here working hard, trying to give you good fantasy football advice. And you're the jerks that are taking her advice or not. So don't take that out on her because I'm sure she is a really sweet lady.
0: Yeah. Don't hate on my mom, people. The Oracle is never wrong. Right. Um, excellent. Well, there you go. Week, se- week nine starts in six. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's been it's been a crazy day. I did all of our shopping for Halloween and that was hectic and now I am just all over the place. And there's like 700 sporting events going on right now, Clark. How do we focus? I I don't very well. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast we're everywhere you can get your podcasts <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher uh, Hold Nine Yards uh, Fake Team Podcast channel you can follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast follow myself at Peter Rogers follow Clark at NFL Clark we will be back at you next week good luck to everyone out there hope you have a good week Nine. and until then peace go Stros. go Stros.